Welcome to Your Art Matters, the conversation series exploring the creative paths of people who have influenced, inspired, guided, shared, and supported me along the path that has led me to this very moment. I'm your host, Jackie Randall. I'm a graphic and web designer with an interest in storytelling and community building both in the greater Philadelphia area and virtually through social media. Throughout this podcast, you'll be meeting my friends, peers, educators, members of the creative community, and beyond. I wouldn't be who I am today without knowing them, and I wanted to share their journeys in art with you. So on today's episode of Your Art Matters, we have Margo. Margo and I met at an AIGA drink and draw a couple years back, oh, I yeah. think, yeah. and have just been friends since, and I have her here if you want to introduce yourself. I'm Margo. I'm a graphic designer and an illustrator. I do freelance full-time. So that's your present, but we're going to dial it back into the early days of your life slash career. <laughs> How did you get into art or know that you had an interest in art in a way that you might want to make it your career and your life? So I've always drawn ever since I was little. I've always been interested in art. My dad, I'm so grateful to my dad for taking me to art museums and exposing me to art um, at a young age. And then I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer. I took some sewing classes. I worked at Joanne Fabrics, (laughs) cutting fabric for people, talking about their projects. And then I got into school and I decided that it wasn't the life for me. The fashion industry is just not a fit for my personality. Mm -hmm. And my advisor was like, well, there's two spots open in the graphic design program if you want to do a portfolio review. I did that and I got in. Was there anyone like growing up or in your family that had any um like interest in art or any working or were you kind of just like a stray a stray dog I'm sorry. <laughs> that's like a weird thing to say but you know what I mean yeah um nobody was really artistic in a visual sense mm-hmm. um both my brother and I were involved in musical theater and he actually ended up Double majoring in vocal performance. Oh wow! And physics. <laughs> okay. And now he works for NASA. Ah. Um, I said that really weird. <laughs> it's okay. Now, ever since my parents got a divorce, my dad started doing uh, Christmas cards, and he draws them by hand, oh, wow. and they're really great, and they're like quirky yeah. and creative, and but that's not something that I was exposed to at a young age. Yeah. So maybe, like, you know, him taking you to different museums was his own way of, like, getting you into the artistic Mm -hmm. scene, but it wasn't something that he developed or, you know, showed you at that age. So now you're kind of being able to, like, bond over it. Exactly. So, okay. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So approaching high school graduation, you've got to kind of figure out a path in life where all of this stuff that we have to decide at 17 and 18 mm-hmm. um and you had interest in fashion mm-hmm. design so what was the process like in applying to colleges getting in and where did you get in and mm-hmm. all of that so I actually I toured a bunch of different schools I toured Drexel but all the parents were really snobby when we were on that tour so I was like I don't want to go there <laughs> <laughs> for fashion design yeah. specifically yeah um yeah, I toured, I toured a bunch of schools, but when I toured Philadelphia University, I was like, this is perfect. It's 
part of the city, but outside the city, I was still kind of more of a country girl at that time. I was mm-hmm. like, city scared me. I was like, no way, yeah. it's dirty, and no. Yeah. Um, and I actually only applied to Philly U and got into Philly U. I remember it was, I got the letter on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and opened the letter. I was like, I just woke up, my mom was like, here! <laughs> I was like, cool, I got in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was like the least stressful. I didn't have to do a portfolio review. Oh, wow. I only had to do a portfolio review when I wanted to switch to a different design major. Okay. Um, which is funny. I don't know why they do that. I had to write an essay and stuff, okay. but um, I don't even remember what that was. Yeah. I watched so much trash teen tv where they're always talking about their their college essays and like thinking about what the best subject would be for this prompt and i don't even remember like stressing about those things yeah i just knew yeah <laughs> so it was the only place you applied to mm-hmm. so like yeah what would have happened had you yeah i don't know <laughs> i applied pretty early so yeah. it wasn't like late in the game like oh shit yeah i gotta figure it out but I was like, I got it. Yeah. I don't know why I was so confident. I, like, so insecure about so many things, but so confident. And then I was like, yeah, I got this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I did the same thing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I applied to Rowan and I knew. And yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do otherwise. Yeah. And yeah, like my mom came in, but I was like sick as a dog that day. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, letter came in. I'm like, cool, I got in. Can you leave me alone now? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my mom was more excited than I was. And you're like, cool, check like, that off. Yeah, I knew I was going to get in. That's why I only applied here. <laughs> I mean, it's a liberal arts college. It's not like a, like know, a, a specifically, like an Ivy League or even an art school. Like UArts, I feel like I wouldn't have been as confident. Yeah. Um, especially because I was like, totally didn't think I was a true artist at that mm-hmm. time. I didn't even take art classes in high school. I only took sewing classes. Yeah. So I didn't okay. think I was like good enough to be in the drawing classes. Mm-hmm. So now, like, getting into there, doing fashion, you mentioned that you had, you know, switched majors. So mm-hmm. what was that discovery or, you know, <laughs> how did that happen where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, yeah. and then take me into jumping into more fine art? Yeah. So this was luckily first semester, freshman year, within, like, the first couple of weeks. We were just doing foundation courses, so it wasn't anything about the classes I was taking, we had a, like, basically an assembly with everyone coming into the fashion program, Mm -hmm. and the head of the program talked to everyone and, you know, spoke about how you had to read Women's Wear Daily, you need to know all these designers, you need to do this, 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 and this, and I was like, this is not me. This is not fun. I just like to sew. Like, I I made my junior prom dress. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I was very, I liked fashion illustration i i was into that part i was into innovation and all that fun stuff but the whole culture around it i was like this is so gross i do not like this get me out of here i like i i didn't know what panic attacks were back then but i made a (laughs) panic attack i was like this and then i thought i was gonna have to change schools and i was freaked out yeah um so i was really glad that i had the option to change the perks of going to a liberal arts college mm-hmm. that have many majors that you can switch to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so then they did have to take a portfolio, I guess, for graphic design? Yeah, graphic design communication. I actually um, had to do my portfolio review with uh, Frank Baseman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really intimidating because I stacked my portfolio. It was all my work from the first semester of college. Yeah. Um, I stacked my portfolio with 
all of my illustration, uh, my drawing classes, mm-hmm. my figure drawing class, mm-hmm. and and not so much with the quote-unquote design classes, uh, like the foundations courses, which were a lot of painting and more tactile things that I'm just not good at. Mm-hmm. And I, I had never really painted before, yeah. and it was all chunky and, like, too many layers. Like, I just didn't understand. Yeah. Didn't understand, because they didn't teach you, this is how you paint. You it just was dive right no, in. No, you just do it. Yeah, they just, like, throw you to the wolves, yeah. and you're like, I don't know. Yeah, so, and he was like, I you know, I wish I would have seen more design work in this portfolio. But I don't think he told me right then that I was accepted. Okay. I think I had to wait a little bit. <laughs> so you're like, oh my like, god. Like, oh no. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like probably nervous as it is. You know, yeah. you're starting college. Yeah. Like a whole new world. Like, my, my drawing class work was really good. Yeah. It was the first time I was proud of my work. So mm-hmm. I was like, I got this. Again, very confident. <laughs> But, yeah. yeah, I just signed up. Yeah. Everybody else did. Right. Uh, but, yeah, and then I got in, so. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not really sure, like, the process or the curriculum, but I imagine it's probably similar to other design colleges and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so what was your experience like, you know, with graphic design? And did you get into illustration there, or was it more after college that you got into illustration? I took a class with Mario Zuka, I think, either late junior early senior year and that's when I was basically embraced the fact that I wasn't a perfect illustrator Mm -hmm. um that class really and Mario really helped me embrace my style um and that it's not perfect and it's not going to be realistic and that's okay not everybody can draw realistically and if everybody drew realistically it'd be super boring Mm -hmm. but otherwise um the courses that I took were were a little more technical besides the foundations. Actually, Steve taught a branding course. Mm-hmm. I took that. And um, we had to take some marketing courses because it's graphic design communication. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was part of it. I could have taken two more marketing courses and had a minor in marketing. Oh, wow. But I was, I, I didn't like school. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, get me out of here. I want to get paid for the work. I'm right. Going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there was one class I I actually uh won an award oh a group won an award and I (laughs) I I I will say that if it weren't for me in that group we would not have won Uh. and let me tell you about this (laughs) there was some um music artist that came in and was like we need more fans or whatever and and this is what we have, what can we do to make basically her brand better? Mm-hmm. And upon further research, <laughs> the label she was with was some back label. Like, nobody knew what yeah. the label was. It was her dad's label. Oh, oh, gosh. No website, no online presence whatsoever. And what year was this? It would have been either 2011 or 2012. Okay. So this is like... Like, you're, you're expected to have a website at that point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and I was like, this is what our direction's going to be. We're going to design a website for the label. Do some other stuff for her, but basically pitch that we need to start from the ground up. Mm-hmm. If someone, like, how are we supposed to take this artist seriously if they're with a label that doesn't even have a website? Right. That's, like, the most basic thing to have. You can have just a splash page just right. to, like... Yeah, with your contact yeah. information yeah. and a nice photo. Like, I can't find anything about them when I Google. Like, that's creepy and weird. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> so you need to, like, build, a, like, a foundation of credibility. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. So I won a hundred bucks. Nice. <laughs> nice. We each we each won a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like four of us. Five of us. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and I think especially like back then before social media and everything. Yeah. Like totally. But even still, at that at that year. It's not like that was, like, 2003, It was, like, the dawn of Instagram. Right, yeah. That wasn't even part of, like, a business. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, approaching college graduation, and you have to, like, think about (laughs) the real world Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all of that. Did you have any worries in the preparation? Mm -hmm. And how did you navigate that? Both, like, approaching it and afterwards and like finding jobs whether it's full-time or a freelance or anything like that yeah I had a, a couple of internships throughout the years um, and I had started taking freelance clients before I graduated which is fun doing wedding invitations mm-hmm. and um, little projects that I don't share anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and working on campus in the student development office creating like posters for them mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. Again, very confident. Like, what? what's the issue? Mm-hmm. I have all this experience. I worked for Two Paper Dolls for a okay. few months, like, yeah. interning with them. But then a bunch of my friends were moving to the West Coast. So I was like, oh, cool. I'll move to L.A. as well. And start... <laughs> so I started applying to places in L.A. and not hearing anything. Or I had actually gotten an interview with Lime Crime, which is a makeup brand. And, like, had to do one of those bogus tests Mm -hmm. beforehand, which I don't do anymore. I've gotten a couple of people be like, actually, let me demonstrate, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, I have a really strong portfolio, and here are my references, and Mm -hmm. here's my resume. If that doesn't work prove, yeah. Yeah. Then I don't want to, yeah, do free work. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I did it because... I was coming out of college. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. you have to yeah. start somewhere. You say yes to a bunch of things, Yeah, you realize later what you say. Exactly. And I scored an interview, like a Skype interview. I was mm-hmm. like, so stoked. Because this place was in LA, it was cool makeup, and I followed up with them the morning of to make sure, like, the right time, who was going to call who, and they emailed me, like, a couple hours later, and they're like, oh, actually, we filled this position. No. <laughs> like, they didn't even tell me. Wow. Like, if I hadn't have emailed them to, like, confirm the interview. You would have been sitting at your laptop, like. I got a new know. shirt to wear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, You're, like, ready to go, and then. Cleaned up my apartment. Yeah. I yeah. set up the whole scene. Because, you know, like. Yeah. That kind of makes. Yeah. That matters. That matters. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, it was end of the summer, and my lease was coming to an end at my studio apartment, and I was like, shoot, what am I going to do? So decided I was going to move home with my dad and stepmom, and I had gotten, actually, a referral to interview at Rent the Runway Mm. in New York. Not a huge fan of New York. (laughs) Visiting's great. I would. I just don't think I would ever live there. It's too big. Yeah, me um, either. I'm slightly agoraphobic. It's, just, <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, Philly's manageable. Yeah, and you know, I was like, mm. I took it back. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't want to waste your time. I don't think I would want to live in New York. So I'm. We shouldn't have the interview because I don't want to waste your time. Yeah. And that same day. I was contacted by somebody at the sporting club at the Bellevue asking if I could come in for an interview on the day that I was supposed to interview at Rent the Runway. Oh, wow. 
I just got like goosebumps because <laughs> it's like that was like so meant serendipitous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and that actually turned out to be a really. <laughs> it's funny because I got the job and then I moved home, so then I had to commute from Westchester into Center City. Yeah which sucked, but that ended up being a really great experience because my direct boss was the head of marketing, and she was a contractor, so she actually gave me some freelance work on the side, too, with her business. Mm -hmm. Um, She was a great mentor, Mm -hmm. and we've kept in touch since. Awesome. Yeah. I was there for two and a half years, and I got this opportunity to be a part of a startup from the ground floor. Oh, wow. Like, I would be the head lead designer, which as a 23-year-old, I guess I would have been, was That's very cool. enticing. Yeah. Um, and this was through my boss at the sporting club. Okay. Um, it was one of her clients. And, you know, they were like, get, get your team ready. So I quit my job. I was ready. I was doing mock-ups for them already. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot more like website design. And then their investors pulled out. (laughs) Oh, no. And this was, they dragged us along for, like, three months. I was unemployed for three months at that time. I was doing some freelance work, but also at that time, I didn't have that much experience. I didn't have that much experience freelancing. Didn't know how to market myself. It was very new. Mm -hmm. And I was waiting, basically, to start this job. Yeah, you are like, waiting for the other shoe to drop, like... Right. Yeah. Yeah, so... So yeah, that that fell through, and that was like right around Christmas too. So everybody got personal illustrations for, <laughs> for Christmas presents. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, so broke. Yeah, um, not too bad. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And then I went through Creative Circle and interviewed a few places and found Design Science, and then I was at Design Science for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a human factors consultancy, so they do usability testing on medical devices, so it's not a clinical testing, it's usability. Mm-hmm. And they also do field research in OR settings um, and other settings, but mostly OR. So I designed instructions for use for medical devices and visualized data and did some marketing too and managed social media. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. And you recently left there mm-hmm. and dove into full-time freelance yep. work. Yep. Um, and so you've, you know, been freelancing kind of all along the way, mm-hmm. but how does it feel and what is it like <laughs> being, you know, now that you are a full-time freelancer? Yeah. Uh, the good, the bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't describe how much happier I am working for myself and that that has nothing to do with the people I used to work with I loved my job I love the people I work with I'm staying in touch with the people I work with Mm -hmm. um and actually I'm going to be contracted to do some work for them too Mm -hmm. it's just more my lifestyle and you know I already naturally wake up at 8 30 in the morning so not setting my alarm just not setting my alarm it's it takes away all the stress. Yeah, it's really liberating. <laughs> yes, and, you know, I have a dog and a cat, so, you know, I take the dog for a run in the morning, and I slowly, slowly, like, start my day knowing that, like, the slower I start my day, that means I have to work a little later and work on weekends. Mm-hmm. But it's okay because it's my own work, and I have pride in my work. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's so great 
but it's also, you know, the ugly side of it is I'm not making nearly as much as I was. Mm-hmm. I don't have that, oh, I, well, I'm getting paid next Tuesday, so... Mm-hmm. Like I can, insurance. Yeah, I'm like, going. so I can go out tonight and, you know, have a fancy dinner if I want to because it, I have room left in my budget for mm-hmm. this two-week period. Because, you know, it's going to replenish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, having a savings account start going down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've been doing um, I've been doing well enough to pay bills, mm-hmm. which is great for my first month and a half. I am very proud of myself for doing that and hustling. But, you know, I'm getting married next year, mm-hmm. and I have to save. Yeah. Um, and I'm moving after I get married. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that, I don't know, I didn't really... <laughs> I feel like if I could have planned when to go full-time freelance, this would not have been the time, but it seriously was the only time it felt intuitively comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's scary, but it, it just felt right, and I, I don't regret it one one second. Yeah, I feel like no one's ever ready for anything, yeah. and if we all waited for that moment mm-hmm. that felt the most secure, the most planned, mm-hmm. all of that, we would probably die first yeah yeah seriously <laughs> like, one would. When, I, when I have x amount of money in my savings or when this project's done at work that was another thing I was like the, it, we were always so busy yeah and, and you're like I want to feel so much better if I can leave things on this right term because I like the people I work with yeah, I don't want to leave you, them hanging yeah <laughs> but you know if if you know the cycle of how things go mm-hmm. and it's just it might seem like it's going to um, wrap up. <laughs> There's like a ridiculous motorcycle outside. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, if you if you know the, the cycle of things, um, it might start to like be an upswing, mm-hmm. but it could easily go back down. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. well, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I feel like a lot, um, you know, when you are in, like, an 8 to 5 or a 9 to 5 or anything like that, especially, like, as a creative, the the timing of your energy and your creativity, mm-hmm. it isn't always in those hours. Right. And sometimes you wind up feeling like you are doing work outside of work mm-hmm. or thinking about work and not being able to turn off. Mm-hmm. And whereas now, like, you do have the ability to work later, mm-hmm. work on weekends, and, like take pause when you are, you know, in a way that you don't feel like you are just churning out work to churn out work. Mm -hmm. And even if it's, you know, obviously, like, was good and and all of that, I think that more and more creatives, like, you know, realize that being locked into a certain structure of business and work isn't sustainable. Yeah. So what advice might you have for someone, and it could just be simple, but what advice might you have for someone that is in that, kind of gray area of like their full-time job mm-hmm. and freelancing and like the balancing of all of it mm-hmm. I've actually had a couple of people ask me that already and I don't think there's one answer for for everyone mm-hmm. I, f- I find myself wanting to say well you should save up at least three months of your bills like living expenses mm-hmm. and you should secure this amount of these amount of clients and blah 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 all the stuff that all the blogs online that they, yeah. you know, say. Yes. <laughs> For me, I asked myself, if I had to leave my job, would I want to go to another job or freelance? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't bear the thought of going to a new job. It just was out of the question. Yeah. 
I think my only advice would be to listen to your gut and listen to how your mental health is affecting your life. Mm-hmm. So, like, on the topic of, you know, mental health and, and dealing with that, so one thing I kind of have been prioritizing more is taking care of myself and knowing that taking care of myself means that, like, I'm taking care of my work mm-hmm. and all of that. So what does self-care look like to you? And Self-care to me could mean in the middle of the day doing a face mask mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> something as basic as that is so soothing um but mostly it's a you know a glass or three of wine and <laughs> trashy tv mm-hmm. and netflix and potato chips mm-hmm. and just couch time yeah i'm a couch potato i watch so much tv i could recommend you any kind of any genre you could think of I could recommend a show for you. <laughs> what are you watching right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Oh, I just started watching Glee for the first <gasps> time. Oh. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I actually am enjoying it. I thought it was going to be too cheesy. I was like, I don't know. But I actually, yeah. it's like campy in a yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That just brings me back to college. <laughs> my whole floor, we all watched it oh together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm just patiently waiting for the next season of Vanderpump Rules. So, I don't know, have you ever watched it? No. no. I'm actually seeing... <laughs> One of the characters has a podcast. Oh, are you going to, like, a live tour date? Yeah. That's um, so fun. On Thursday. Oh. Um, yeah, so this week. Uh, very excited. Yeah. To see her. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, throughout, like, a creative career, like, having support systems, whether it's your friends your community, sometimes your family, sometimes you don't have the support of your family, mm-hmm. and, you know, having something or someone to rest on throughout all of this, no matter how you work, where mm-hmm. you work, all of that. So what has your support system looked like through all of this, mm-hmm. and especially now in moving forward? Yeah, so when I brought up that I wanted to go full-time freelance to my fiancé, <laughs> who was also basically a freelancer he's a touring musician so he doesn't have a like a steady paycheck either he was like are you sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I was like I have like this is I I have to Mm -hmm. I have to and he was like okay I support you we'll make this work we'll make this work and I was I was scared to tell my parents my dad is very uh practical about money I was scared that he was gonna be like no, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. That. Yeah. But um, like that, you know, that, that, um, not like a disappointment. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, you're hanging in there. <laughs> yeah. Especially because he's seen me go through when I was unemployed before. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want it to be like that again. Yeah. Um, but he was very supportive. My mom was super supportive. She was like, oh yeah, you got this. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're, you're a hustler. You have this in your blood. You're, you're, you've been doing this for a while. I support you, all that. And I was even nervous to tell my friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. It makes me feel like when I was going to tell my friends, it made me feel like I was quitting my job to not do anything. Yeah. To sit on my ass. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, and are these friends that, because I know you have like a, you know, a mixture of circles, mm-hmm. friends that like are in a creative scene or, like, or not, that might not understand... Both. Okay. Yeah, um, even my creative 
friends who have nine to fives. I don't know why I was nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't want to disappoint anybody. <laughs> It's a big decision. Yeah, and everyone was so supportive, so happy for me, excited for me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, these are why they're my friends. Yeah. This is why they're my friends. Yeah. And as soon as I announced it online, it was like the floodgates opened, yeah. and everyone was so, so supportive, mm-hmm. and sending me references, as, the- sending me emails about projects that they want me to help, the, like, immediately. Yeah. And it's like, wow. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's people almost, have faith in me. <laughs> yeah. And it's almost like you don't, that can kind of speak to like the whole mental health thing, you know, where, you know, you don't know what support you have mm-hmm. until you ask for it. Mm-hmm. And not even just asking for it, but just presenting an opportunity for someone to help yeah. you. Yeah. Because I know that that decision too, like, can be weighing, you know, like, am I going to decide this and no one cares or, right. you know, yeah. or, or no one has any references and I'm going to make this terrible decision. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, on the flip side, you can just get a different job. You right. know, it, you could find anything. It doesn't have to yeah. be the next dream job. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure that was just like, just so everyone just being so supportive. I'm still riding on that high. Yeah. Like I'm still every day, like, I don't know, and that probably has something to do with loving what I what I do now because it's for me mm-hmm. and spending time on in Facebook groups and on Slack channels pushing my my message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, having like the the space and the clarity mm-hmm. and like just like the energy to do yes. that and yeah, the, the time of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when you're working a nine to five and freelancing on the side and a relationship and pets mm-hmm. and all of this stuff, it's mm-hmm. like it's stretched it's, it's, yeah and it's there is no time because it's almost it's a full-time job mm-hmm. essentially finding work yeah um and i'm sure like it it just like shows of you too like you're just like a, feel like a whole different person mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. what more well you know more rested at least <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um so with like this whole wave a lot of it you know is through social media and all of that and, you know, it's 2019, so much of, like, connections we have, work we have, all of that mm-hmm. comes through the internet and social media. Mm-hmm. So how has that played a part in your work and how you get your word out and all of that? I'm, I mean, I'm on social media 24-7, it feels like. Which, I, I know it's not good, but it's now part of my daily ritual of... Mm reaching out. I'm part of five different Facebook groups that have to do with either freelancing or just like women in business. Same with Slack channels. Yeah, I mean, every single client I've gotten so far has been through some sort of social media channel, Mm -hmm. whether it's people finding me on Instagram or even somebody I know referring someone else to my Instagram not necessarily they're discovering me there mm-hmm. um or like I said slack channels or Facebook groups I'm on there every morning mm-hmm. <laughs> scrolling yeah I feel like now that they they tell you like how long you've been on the app oh, like, oh gosh yeah. yeah it's it's gotten worse yeah yeah which I know People talk about taking social media breaks, and I really wish I could do that, but I just can't. Mm-hmm. It's If I went off social media, I wouldn't have work to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just how it is. 
Yeah, I, I feel like it's hard to, like, do that, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I just saw a brand the other day that posted about how, like, you know, the founder has a basically a dumb phone, like, mm-hmm. you know, and they're posting, you know, they're not going to be posting as much because they need to take a break from social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it can be such a luxury if you have a storefront or you have, you right. know, different things but like when you exist online and you're you know reaching people from all over Mm -hmm. it's like you can't you know really yeah and you (laughs) (laughs) and you almost don't want to yeah i mean i even because i'm fresh to the full-time freelance not freelance in general Mm -hmm. um I can't afford to go off social media. And some people can. Mm-hmm. Some people who freelance have that luxury because they have other clients that they know they have work coming from. Mm-hmm. But I can't stop. I have to keep going because I need to get more consistent work. Mm-hmm. And one-off projects are great, and that's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that leads to referrals, etc. But right now, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But in a, in a way, it's kind of nice because, like, this is the path that you've chosen. Mm-hmm. And you're fresh into it now, mm-hmm. and hopefully over time, it'll, yeah. it'll change. Exactly. Um, and, you know, the perk of it, of being, you can kind of be, like, a digital nomad mm-hmm. of sorts. And that'll certainly help, like, as you, you know, plan, you know, you're, you're going to get married and, mm-hmm. like, planning to relocate mm-hmm. and all of that. So to kind of, like, wrap things up, what advice can you offer someone looking to pursue a creative path or a field or, oh my God, I can't talk. (laughs) 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 Or, um, like go down the path of art and creativity and all of that. I would say don't self edit. Don't compare yourself. I'm guilty of doing that. It's really terrible. It's really bad for your mental health. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> reach out to people in the community of arts that you're interested in. Uh, something that I've I was always told but never took heed was ask for help. Mm-hmm. I thought I was too proud, um, and it wasn't until taking <laughs> <laughs> an airplane above. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until. I had to ask for help going full-time freelance. I had to get over my pride and saying, hey, I like your work. Uh, You know, we're in the same community. If people come to you with projects and you don't think it's the right fit for you, pass them on to me, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Don't be scared to ask for help. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a huge one. Yeah. Especially if you're new to the creative field or creative world in whatever field that may be. Yeah, we feel either too proud or mm-hmm. we feel like, you know, we should know what we're doing. Yes, that's exactly it, too. Or, you know, we think that we're going to get rejected mm-hmm. or, you know, but I feel like at the end of the day, everyone just wants to help yeah. everyone. And for the most part, whether it's someone on the same, you know, like kind of level as you or someone higher up, yeah. a recommendation or something like that is not, you know, the end of the world. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was really hard for me to ask for help because I didn't want to come off as stupid. Yeah. And, like, growing up, being, like, a smaller, like, girl with, like, little voice. (laughs) People are like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, my whole life, even if I knew what I was talking about, they didn't believe me. And then, turns out I was right. And they're like, oh. uh." Yeah. And I was just scared for people to judge me in that way anymore. 
Because so. you think that, you know, like, working for yourself and freelancing is, it's your own thing, but, you know, you should still be able to ask for help mm-hmm. and not feel small right. by doing that. Right. Because people can ask for help when they have jobs. Mm-hmm. But they don't get treated the same as, you know, Mm -hmm. if they were on their own. I guess on that same kind of wave of thought, what's something you wish you knew um, at any point? Well, I didn't share my art until, like, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I wish I knew it was okay that, like, people are going to be okay with whatever you share. Like, I don't know why I had it in my head that everyone's an art critic and the world was going to deny me of <laughs> yeah <laughs> of that expression i guess it's vulnerable putting yourself and yeah. your work out there yeah 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 i i wish i knew that it was okay to be vulnerable and that people would like and people would be okay with it too yeah i mean that's a deep seated thing yeah that's like that goes back oh yeah but and like, it's, not, <laughs> and it's not just art it's you know yeah, it's so everything things. yeah yeah it's yeah. just art is so personal Mm -hmm. that it's just not something that can be like managed in a box right right right. under a microscope so yeah (laughs) um well i think that's all for today so thank you so much yeah of course (laughs) and yeah bye (laughs) bye Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Art Matters. You can learn more about today's guest in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed our conversation, and I'll talk to you soon.